0: Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911.
1: Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two man car. Remember, we're called to be great saints. Don't miss the opportunity. As the first pope of the Catholic Church says, He says, save yourselves from this corrupt generation, close quote. That's St. Peter. Remember, we're called to set ourselves apart. We're called to be great saints. We weren't made to fit in. We were born to stand out. Monday, Jesus 911. This is our Liber Crystal classroom session. Eddie, how are you, my friend? Hope you had a great weekend. Good, Jess. I sure did. Thank you. Good to be with you. Yeah. And uh, it's good to hear that our good friend Adriana Rusua is out of the hospital. And yes. she, she seems to be at home recovering. That's uh, Yeah, she seems to be doing well. God, God bless. Yeah, yeah. Boy, oh boy. Uh, hey, just want to remind people that the, the month of January is dedicated to the holy name of Jesus, uh, which is uh, which was celebrated on January 3rd. And so uh, now we've entered into what's called the, the ordinary time of the church, the remaining days of January. This is represented by, the, by the, the color green in the liturgy, and the color green is actually a symbol of hope. It's a symbol of uh, seeds that are sprouting. It's a symbol of, uh, of the seeds of faith that are, that are being aroused in, the, in God's faithful people, and hopefully, hopefully it will reap an eternal harvest for most of us, especially what we call the hope of a glorious resurrection at the end of time. Eddie, two things I want to talk about today. There's a uh, in the culture of death front, there's an exorcist that responds to Cosmopolitan's satanic abortion ceremony coverage. Monsignor Rossetti, he's the exorcist in Washington, D.C. He's also a former professor at Catholic University of America. He says, uh, he, he's talking about it, criticizing the the cosmopolitan. Cosmopolitan's magazine Satanic Abortion Ceremony Coverage. He says uh, he says, in previous eras, those who practice evil kept to the shadows and remain hidden. Monsignor Stephen Rossetti, research associate professor of practice at the Catholic University of America in Washington, DC, told our Sunday visitor, Today our society's gotten so dysfunctional that evil freely operates in the open. And society accepts it, even condones it. Someone needs to say the emperor has no clothes, close quote. Well, Eddie, that's where we come in. That's what we do on Virgin Most Powerful is from one show after another, we're, we, we're telling people that the emperor has no clothes. There's a lot of us that are pointing out the political, the corporate and the religious corruption. And uh, we're going to keep doing so until our heart stops. Eddie, comment.
2: Yeah, Jess, you know, this is something that's so necessary just in today's society. Uh, and, and even leading up to this era uh, of time, we have had to fight poor catechesis our whole lives, Jess. Our whole lives we've had to fight that. So this is just part of what we're doing, what we're called to do. Uh, thanks be to God for calling us to this ministry. You know, that's that's what's beautiful about it. Amen. You want to pick it up from there? Yeah, Jess, you know what? I copied the wrong uh, article, so go ahead and take it from there. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll, got I'll it. I'll chime in.
1: Got it. Monsignor Rossetti, who leads the St. Michael Center for Spiritual Renewal, a nonprofit that prays with those spiritually suffering and in the need of healing and deliverance, has served as an exorcist for the Archdiocese of Washington for more than fifteen years. The licensed psychologist has written several books, including Diary of an American Exorcist, Demon's Possession, and the Modern Day Battle Against Evil. <clears throat> Monsignor Rossetti made his comments after Cosmopolitan, a woman's magazine, described a satanic abortion ceremony step-by-step step in a storyline and in an Instagram post published in November. Monsignor Rossetti said the following quote, So how does the satanic abortion ceremony even work? The post with images of upside-down crosses asks, Here's a simple one. The satanic temple recommends. Close quote. The larger story featured the satanic temple which says it does not believe in Satan or the supernatural, but at the same time considers itself a religious organization and provides a religious medication abortion care. Its online clinic based in New Mexico offers to mail abortion pills to women in that state and actually all over the country who wish to perform the Satanic Temple's religious abortion ritual. The ritual encourages women to focus on themselves, and concludes with them saying, quote, "By my body, my blood, by my will, it is done." Close quote. The phrasing contrasts with the Mass, when the priest repeats Christ's words during the consecration: quote, "For this is my body, which will be given up for you; for this is the chalice of my blood, which will be poured out for you and for and for the and for many for the forgiveness of sins." Close quote. Monsignor Rossetti says. Satanists will often take Catholic rituals and sacraments and do what we call a satanic inversion. They will take that which is holy and desecrate it, such as in the Black Mass, evil takes the truth and then inverts or distorts it. Eddie comments?
2: Yeah, just, you know, they give us, on the article that I have, you know, it gives a step by step process of what this woman is supposed to be doing. And that last, uh, uh, ritual uh, affirmation that she was to say by my by my body my blood and my will be uh, it is done just this creepily reminds me of uh, of a choice when rebellious angels made their irreversible choice and possibly supported and ratified each other's choice with such affirmations about their own will being done just this 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 not only has them saying something that is Anti-Catholic, anti-conservative, but it gives them the ability to say this mantra, which is anti-God. This is uh, very alarming to me, Jess, because people are 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 just jumping right into the to the uh, from the fire from the uh, from the uh, fire into the frying pan, Jess. This is terrible. This is what's happening in today's society.
1: And by the way, the Satanic Temple has opened up this online or this call-in abortion clinic in New Mexico, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And so uh, I read in another article that you can buy abortion pills in all 50 states and they'll ship them off to you anywhere. But if they set up their operation in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And of course, what we read here in the article, it's a mockery of the Catholic uh, consecration at Mass. Um, It says here, Monsignor Rosetti says, I had previously been told by a former Satanist that he did rituals to dedicate the abortion and the fetuses to Satan. We Catholics knew that an abortion was a grievous sin. The connection of abortion with Satanism only confirms it and casts a clear, dark, dark shadow over all pro-abortion forces, quote. Among other things, the Cosmopolitan magazine story cites a woman, identified as Jessica, who was raised Catholic and plans to go through with, with this kind of abortion by incorporating, quote, Some ceremonial aspects enter her solo abortion experience, close quote. Massina Rossetti says, I would hope that all those who support abortions or those personally considering an abortion would rethink their stance. Do you really want to be aligned with Satanists? Other exorcists have more generally commented on abortion and the demonic as chief exorcist of the Archdiocese of Washington, Father Luke Clark, a Dominican, previously called abortion, quote, an open door for the demonic during one interview. He says, we've had cases where that's exactly how the demons were able to possess the individual. The effects of abortion are devastating. The killing of the child, the mother's fear, despair, guilt, shame, self-hatred, and belief she has committed an unforgivable sin all point to the atmosphere of hell. Father Luke says, yet long as we live, we can repent and be forgiven of any sin, including abortion. Eddie, comments?
2: Just the first step in the protocol—not uh, the, the protocol, but the uh, the steps they provide here—is first find a quiet space. Bring a mirror if you can. Just before taking the medication, gaze at your reflection and focus on your personhood. Uh, home in our home in on your intent. Home in on your intent. Your responsibility to you. Take a few. Deep, relaxing breaths. Jess, when the woman looks at herself in the mirror, she'll recall that every time there's an attempt to liberate her, she'll remain, she'll remember looking at herself in the mirror, and she's the one that's the cause of this. And the demons will be more than happy to remind her of that same uh that, that same issue. That that's what's bad about this, Jess. It just goes right into the occult uh and and has you recite mantras um uh, that have to do with the, the abortion itself.
1: And also, because all these, uh, you know, whether you do something good or something bad, all these things are embedded into your imagination, into your memory. What happens is the demons have access to your memory and your imagination, and they're going to remind you of that day that you killed your baby over and over and over again. And they're going to torment the woman with that event over and over and over again. Uh, because demons have access to our memory, they have access to our imagination, and they'll take those sins that we've committed and they try to get you to start hating yourself. You'll, you'll, because demons hate themselves, See, demons are self-loathing, and so they want the person that they're reflecting, they want them to participate also in hating themselves. Demons try to get people to self-loathe, and I've seen that. And, uh, and, and, and one of my family members, he lived with self-loathing for decades. And as we talk now today, he says, I used to hear voices in my head. They, it wasn't my mind. It wasn't my imagination. They were external voices outside of me, he says. And they had me hating myself for decades. So I've seen this in my own family.
2: Yes, and that's what's going to happen with the women that, that, that conduct their abortions according to this this ritual that Cosmopolitan offers to them. They're going to remember precisely what they did. They're going to re- remember who who was responsible for it. Of course it was them, but they're going to have this memory of themselves looking at, th- looking at themselves in a mirror uh, to remind them. Like you said, Jess, yeah, the demons
1: are willing to do that. And- we'll be right back, brother. We'll be right back. Stick around.
0: now back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial
1: 8885262151. Soul Patrol Jesus 911 classroom time Liber Cristo Spiritual warfare manual manual for spiritual combat. <clears throat> Eddie, I noticed uh, Father Ripperger's team uh, in this book what they what they do, with these twelve lessons, what they're doing is they're teaching the people little by little. It's like you know, taking baby steps. Certain things that they have to do on their own to effect total liberation of the diabolic. And uh, you know, when when you look, for example, at the table of contents, you'll see that the, these are little steps. That that the person, the penitent has to, has to be willing to under first of all, lesson one, they have to identify evil influences, okay so you have a convert the team has a conversation with them and okay and then they okay, all right, this was evil, this this is evil that I'm doing. And then lesson two, they have to un- un- uh, identify holy and unholy alliances, especially as it relates to sexual practices. Then section three. Uh, The team gets the person uh, to start looking at maybe some occult practices or occult and generational sin in their family. And then at the end of the chapter, obviously, there's prayers to break that or to cut yourself. And at, at, at the end of each chapter, there's prayers to break that certain sin that you've identified then lesson four talks about the impediment of unforgiveness. That's a huge one. That's a huge one. A lot of people are diabolically afflicted because they, they just hate people and they refuse to forgive. Then and number five, you got repentance and metanoia. Now you're moving into the healing stage, into the conversion stage. Number six, the Virgin Mary in spiritual combat. So now you're incorporating Marian devotion and Marian piety. Number seven, the development of virtue. That's important. Okay, good habits, moral excellence. Number eight, the sacraments and the flow of grace. You get the person back into the life of the sacraments. Uh, number nine, how to make a good confession. Number 10, demonic compliance and the rules of engagement. Number 11, demonic tactics. Number 12, the weapon of prayer. So, uh, yeah, this, this uh, the four-phase protocol used by Father Ripperger and his team, uh, this is this is probably the, the meatiest part of it that we're going through right now because this is phase two. We're, this is what you know Father Ripperger and Dan Schneider and Kyle Clement call it. They call it pulling weeds. They call it spade work where you got to get the person. The person says, uh, cause Eddie, because you've seen this and I've seen this. People think that the priests are like a magician. They're going to pull a rabbit out of a hat. They think it's white magic. They could just go to a Catholic priest. A priest is going to put his hand on their head and say a blessing or a prayer and they're going to be they're going to go home happily ever after. It doesn't work that way. They have to the, the this protocol puts them it gives them a spade and says, "Okay, here's your soul. Start pulling the weeds out." What? Yeah, we'll help. Don't worry, we'll help you. We there there's a systematic approach to this. Phase 1, phase 2. We're going to help you, but you got to start doing this yourself. I can't do the prayers for you. I can't do the media fast for you. I can't do the prayers of of breaking soul ties for you. You have to do all those, but I'll walk you through it. Any comments before we get into the actual page seventy
2: eight? Yes. You know what's funny is that there's an expectation by these people that are coming to to this ministry that 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 what's gonna happen is exactly what you described is that the priest is gonna say some magical prayers over them and that it's gonna be it's going to, it's gonna go away. Just the reality is this is that people have to understand that when they come to the priest we're going to help you, like you said. We're going to help you get through this. We're going to direct you in, in a certain direction, but you have to do the work. You have to put the the hours of, of of prayer in there. You have to reorder your lives, and this is what a lot of people, I think, just one of the one of the main sins I think nowadays is sloth. People are just spiritually lazy, and they want something fast and easy. The same way they got afflicted, they want it to go away, and it's not gonna it's not gonna work out just that way.
1: That's right, amen So, we're on page 78 uh, Father uh, Dan Schneider writes Quoting Father Ripperger He says, the body positions in yoga Cannot be separated from the incantations Any more than the sign of the cross From its Christian context Thus the body-soul Invocations of yoga Grant permissions to the demons And can expose the soul to deep affliction In so doing The above discussion On interactive diabolical Activity applies as the body positions and incantations are spiritual permissions given to the demons of yoga. Thus, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith asserts that such erroneous forms, having reappeared in history from time to time on the fringes of the church's prayer, seem once more to impress many Christians, appealing to them as a kind of remedy. Be it psychological or spiritual or as a quick way of finding God. So Dan takes on yoga in that section. And it's what's interesting. For example, Eddie, if, if, uh, if, if you're at a restaurant and you make the sign of the cross before you're going to say grace before meals. And a couple next to you, maybe a Hindu couple. They go, wow, did you see that couple over there? They just went like this. Now that, him, that Hindu, he leaves the restaurant and he goes home. And he says, hmm, I wonder what those Catholics meant by that. And then that Hindu starts going, and then they, he goes, I heard them say this, in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father Ripperger and D- Schneider and, and, and Clio Clemens say, that Hindu, because he did that, whether he's Catholic or not, God's going to say, like this iPhone I have here, going to say, hey, did you call? Why? Because that action right there, It's called a spiritual contract. Whether you're Catholic or not, that's a universal sign that God says, hey, somebody's calling me. Just like, for example, flipping somebody off. You can be black, white, Asian, Russian. We all know what the middle finger is. It's a physical contract. It's a universal sign. And flipping somebody off, has spiritual implications to eddie you 're a cop I was a cop you got flipped off a bunch of times as a cop i 'll be honest with you it doesn't feel good your your soul i mean of course you know you just, you don't try to you know think about it all day but it doesn't feel good you feel that big slimy middle finger go through that from that person through the air you know into your face like like you got somebody threw goo on you or something like the ghostbusters it doesn't feel good why because Physical movements have spiritual implications. That's what, and that's what Dan is saying. The yoga postures have physical; those physical movements have spiritual implications. You talk to yogi masters, and they'll say, "This is the way we call the spirits of yoga."
2: Yes, this is the way the. Uh... The movements, the body postures that are contained within yoga—that's the way they were designed. They were designed by the people that designed them to 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 call God to imitate a uh, worship of a of a of a, a non uh, deity God, right? Uh, it, it's not it's not anything that we would recognize as Christians. But I think in the absence of that, you know, uh, Christians find it kind of. Um, Funny because it, it it's a quick way of finding God. You can uh, you can assume this body position, this prayer position, and you can you can automatically experience God, and and that might be exactly what you need. But just these are demons of deceit. And and they use yoga to deceive people into believing these things, and uh, that's the issue. Is that is that these demons are already acting in one's life that you know their 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 lives are not ordered, they're disordered, and so they're already probably in sin a great many of them. And so when they assume these body posi- uh, positions, just this invites the demons, this calls the demons, like you said. And you know we understand what what uh, ancient uh, uh, body positions are and and what ancient. Uh, uh, uh traditions are that, that we we revert back to when we uh think about the Old Testament and the things that are mentioned in the old testament so so we have to understand that certain body positions certain things uh actually uh call the demons they 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 hearken to them and uh they're like i said they're more than willing to to uh to come in uh and uh you know do what uh, you're asking them to do and that is to come into your life
1: yeah, well, because the uh, yogi masters, you know, the, the ones that actually teach, the, the experts in yoga, they say that the yoga positions and yoga proper cannot be separated from Hinduism. So if you talk to a yogi, there's like a Catholic priest, you know, for the Hindus, a yogi, they'll tell you the yoga positions cannot be separated from our religion. They're part of our religion. Because a lot of Americans, low information Americans, they say, oh Jess, I just do yoga but I don't pay attention to anything else, the philosophy, the religion. I just do yoga. Well, not according to yogi masters. They say you can't separate the positions from the actual religion because those positions are what invoke their deities. Remember, Hindus are polytheists. They have millions of, of, of deities. They're polytheists. And so... We know Psalm ninety-five verse five says, uh, "The gods of the Gentiles are demons." So guess what? The the three million uh, Hindu Hindu deities, what are they? Based on Psalm ninety-five verse five, they're demons. And so your positions <clears throat> are calling one of those three million demons. <clears throat> also, yogis teach: if you think this is not evil. In yoga, they teach that every one of us, our spinal cord, there's a serpent in every human spinal cord that goes all the way down, okay? This is, this is, this is Hinduism and yoga. And they call the, that, that snake, the kundalini snake, that is all, it's, it's attached to your spinal cord. Yogi masters teach that when you start the yoga physical positions, that serpent in your spinal cord wakes up, becomes alive And we know as Catholics, what does a serpent mean in the Old and New Testament? Satan. So Hindu teaches that when you do these yoga positions, the serpent, the kundalini serpent in your spinal cord wakes up and it starts touching different points of your body called chakras and it starts giving you energy. Eddie? Eddie? None of that is based on Catholic teaching. None of that is based on scripture. It is superstitious. And I would say more, it's part of what's called divination. And it's, uh, it's part of the occult. And so as a Catholic, we caution you. If you want to work out, go work out. If you want to stretch out, there's yeah, stretch out. Not a problem. I stretch out just like, uh, you know, like somebody who would run track or, or marathon. You get on your butt and you stretch out. But uh, in terms of also the last thing I'll say, <clears throat> a lot of the yoga positions, and, and Eddie, will know this because he's seen it and I've seen it as well. You'll find a lot of the yoga positions imitate the positions oftentimes by a person that's demonically possessed or high-level afflictions. The same positions that a person who's diabolically afflicted or possessed, the positions they'll take during when they when the demons manifest, oftentimes looks like a yoga position.
2: Yeah, Jess, we've had that happen uh, uh, in our sessions where somebody will assume a body position and, and, we're, and we're saying, what is that? Well, that's, uh, I'm, I'm trying to uh, enhance my chakras. Well, what is a chakra? I had to look that up. I didn't know when I first heard it, but that's what it is, Just Hold that to- Hold that
1: thought. Hold that thought.
0: Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 526 2151.
1: Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two man car. Jess from Eddie Chavez. Hey, uh, just uh, kind of some good news here. I want to just mention that House Speaker, Republican Mike Johnson, is going to deliver the 2024 March for Life at address. He's going to be among 10 featured speakers at the rally before the March for Life in the nation's capital. Uh that's that Eddie I, I don't think I've ever seen a speaker of the house uh give one of the keynote addresses at the at the Washington March for Life. Good for him.
2: Yeah, Jesse follows Trump from uh, was it last year the year before that uh, Trump spoke yeah. and so that's you know this is a good tradition we should start that. Yeah.
1: That's a good sign. It's a good sign that you know, these guys are obviously wearing their faith on their sleeves. Yep. Eddie, so we go back uh, to the uh, the manual here, the Liber Crystal manual. Uh, Pope Pope Saint John Paul II also noted that Eastern prayer forms have, in some quarters, become fashionable and are accepted rather uncritically. Nonetheless, he writes that it is not inappropriate to caution those Christians who enthusiastically enthusiastically welcome certain ideas originating in the religious traditions of the Far East, for example techniques and methods of meditations learn first the pope encourage your own rich spiritual heritage in prayer before embracing eastern forms of prayer incompatible with the christian faith eddie you you find a lot of people they want to be spiritual but they they don't want to they don't want to follow the ten commandments so they, they embrace buddhism and confucianism that doesn't have the 10 commandments but you could feel you could walk around and say oh i'm spiritual i'm spiritual i'm religious like george lopez for example okay? and it appeals to them they're saying i like the meditation in buddhism and in confucianism guess what in catholicism we also have meditative prayer there's the the stations of the cross that's an old that's meditative prayer the rosary that's meditative prayer the divine mercy that's meditative prayer uh, you know, th- there's a lot of meditative uh, prayer in the Catholic Church. Uh, and so in, in this uh, chapter, Dan, Dan's quoting Pope John Paul II. The Pope is cautioning us, saying, Catholics, don't look to the East, China and Japan and Taiwan and copy their pagan forms of meditation. We have our own that are centered in Christ.
2: Yes, that's, that's really it. You know, we have to learn... Our own heritage, our own spiritual heritage in the Catholic Church, because when we don't, Jess, then a lot of things happen. One of which is we get led in a different direction, and and the direction that we're, we're heading when we follow those Eastern or other forms of prayer are, are really um uh they're really bad, Jess. And and I just had twelve hours ago we were with a, a young lady, and she said, you know, I never learned what. The Catholic Church offers, but after you're praying for me, Father, I feel so much better. Hello? Of course you're going to feel better. I mean, this is what we we were intended to follow, and uh, you've mm. totally ignored it, and that's why, Jess, we have to follow it. We have to get back to proper catechesis so we can learn those things before we get detoured from the path. That's right. Yep. You want to pick up the next chapter? Yep. Yeah. So it goes, it says other bodily actions... Uh, that can have occultic connections, include cutting and tattoos. In Leviticus, we find a verse connecting the two. It says, do not lacerate your bodies for the dead, and do not tattoo yourselves. I am the Lord, which is in Leviticus 19. It says, we see the occultic use of cutting, for example, in Elijah's battle with the prophets of Baal, who ritualistically called out louder, and slashed themselves with swords and spears, according to their ritual, until blood gushed over them. That's in 1 Kings 18. Although cultural norms have shifted over time, in antiquity, cutting was a pagan practice, and tattoos were marks of enslavement. Uh, As uh, Livia Gershon writes, what tattoos were apparently often used for in ancient Mesopotamia uh, was marking enslaved people, and in Egypt, as decorations for women, of all social classes, Egyptian captives were branded with the name of a, a god, marking them as belong as belongings of the uh, priest or pharaoh. But devotees might also uh, might also be branded with the name of a, a, the god they worship personally. It says Egypt, Mesopotamia, Babylon recall are the nations which conquered and enslaved Israel. Over time, tattoos became associated with idolatry. According to John uh, Heunergaard and Harold Harold Libowitz, the meaning of tattoos ranges from mythology to tribal history, to Buddhist religious symbols, to statements about personal values and beliefs. They note that tattoos send a message and are prevalent among gang members and prisoners, celebrate life-changing events, serve as a sign of, of status, within a culture such as the tattoos of an elder shaman, or to mark the mistress of a gang leader to identify her as a leader's property. At best, they tie a person to a specific and often unholy time and place, and at worst, they contain pagan, ritualistic, and occultic elements. Traditionally, Christians have followed the the biblical uh, tradition, although that is changing.
1: The the important part that Dan said there that he we've talked about this several times. He goes, Jess, what's what's dangerous here is remember a lot of people when they get these tattoos, not that in tattoos are intrinsically evil. He said, but oftentimes you'll find when a guy gets a tattoo or even a girl, they were under the influence. They were in a dark place in their life. They were probably just, you know, got out of the motel and, hey, let's go get a tattoo. He said, so that last sentence that you said there, that was really the the, 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 the gist of it where Dan says, he says, uh, at best, tattoos tie a person to a specific and often unholy time and place. And at worst, they contain pagan ritualistic. So, in other words, when people look at the tattoo, they're saying, yep, <laughs> I drank Three six packs, and I was overseas in, in, uh, I don't know, Okinawa. And I was just, uh, I finished, uh, going to bed with three prostitutes and I got this tattoo. It, it, in other words, that's what Dan's saying is because a lot of times, especially men, when they put that tattoo on, they were not in a right relationship with God, they were not in a state of grace. So every time you look at that tattoo, mentally, mentally, it, it transports you back to that time when you were in mortal sin and you were not in a right relationship with God. And so it continues to, to, uh, just, uh, torment the mind. You're like saying, uh, yeah, I remember when I got that. I can't believe it. Oh, I'm so ashamed of myself. I'll never tell my kids or my wife. So that's, that's one of the things that Dan says. And not only that, here's another one, Eddie, I was reading the Rolling Stones magazine because I was doing research on this a uh, while back ago. And many of the people in Rolling Stones magazines, they, they interview like the top tattoo, tattoo guys in the United States uh, in, this, in this particular ma- Rolling Stones magazine that I was reading. And, a, and, and basically, three or four of them that were, that were interviewed, these, the top guys were all the, the rich and famous go to these people for tattoos. They said, They go, We curse the ink before we tattoo it and also they said in this article in this rolling stones magazine that as they're putting the tattoo on the person they're cursing the person in their in other words mentally there's they're projecting mental curses you know and they're calling demons they're calling demons upon that person as they're inking that person i've talked to a lot of guys i said have you ever thought about that that's you know these cool tattoos that you have in your back and your That the guy that was putting them on you, that he was an occultist, or he was cursing you, or that the ink was cursed. Every guy I talked to, they go, Jess, I never thought about any of those things. And you know what? The guy that put them on, he was a shady character. Yeah, he definitely was no practicing Catholic. I never thought of any of these things that you said. And I said, is it a wonder why your kids have been attacked for years, your marriage has been attacked for years, You've had nightmares and night terrors for years and bad thoughts and you're addicted to pornography and you can't break it. Uh, I said, just a thought, just a thought. And so that's, uh, I would just share that with people. Most guys don't think about that. Who's the guy that's inking me right now? Is this guy Padre Pio? You know, Is this, is this guy a holy, a holy man of God? I don't think so. That's you know, it's funny because when you mention the guy
2: reflecting and you and you put your hand on your forehead, and you're thinking, oh, man, I was not in the right relationship with God. And, and that's terrible. Young women, you have to realize that that translates that that portion when somebody's thinking like that, reflecting when they're telling other men about it, they're they're. They're propping it up, Jess. They're saying, "Yeah, when I was in I was in Okinawa, Japan, we did all this and we did this sin and that's it, and then we got tattooed, and that's what this represents." But upon reflection, that's what somebody does. They shake their head, put their hand on their forehead, and they regret it. And trying to free them of that, Jess, that try to liberate them from that, that, when that's when the work becomes difficult. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That that's called spade work, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, spade work, right? Yeah. Uh, I'll pick it up here. It says, as actions which violate bodily integrity, they are very difficult to separate from those ancient connection to slavery and paganism. As such, these constitute a form of self mutilation, which that's in the catechism. Self mutilation is forbidden by the fifth commandment. In addition, as Kyle Clement notes, because these can be performed in a ritualistic manner, it can enable the demon to be physically present to the individual. As it applies here, Kyle Clement uh, relates, "Quote: Cutting may be a form of ritualistic scarring, especially if patterned symmetrically. This occurs more commonly among f- females of Celtic origin, suggestive of Druidic druidic practices in which the demon was pledged for, le- for the letting of blood. Uh, tattoos are occultic, in as much as the person who gets a tattoo becomes part of a confraternity of others who wear the same image or who went to the same tattoo artist. The person's flesh has been marked with an unnatural and foreign and sometimes satanic object and image. Often, sigils of demons may be hidden in the imagery of of the tattoo, which acts as a calling card for the demon. Never thought about that. Wow. Jesus 911. Help us, Lord. Help us. (laughs) Lord, come to our assistance. Lord, make haste help us. We'll be right back.
0: Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888- 526-2151. One, one.
1: Soul Patrol Jesus 911 two-man car. Again, Eddie and me, what we're doing, we're going through the spade work of uh of trying to take a 400 pounds person and trying to get them to 180 so they could run a marathon. And, and and that's a physical example of somebody who's diabolically afflicted. They walk into the doors of a Catholic church. They want to be prayed over. They want to be liberated. But spiritually speaking, they weigh 400 pounds. They're in a state of mortal sin. They don't know how to pray. They don't go to mass with any regularity. They don't have a relationship with God. They're steeped in a life of bad habits. But they walk up to Eddie and other people say, I want to be healed. I'm tired of these nightmares. I'm tired of being attacked tonight and being scratched. I'm tired. I'm tired. I want... want to be i want to be freed right now it ain't gonna happen eddie and other people and myself we're going to give you a spade and we're going to walk you and we're going to tell you okay this is how you do it and by the time you end up seeing a catholic priest for a minor exorcism or a major you're going to be such a holy person you're going to be in a state of grace you're going to have a, a life of prayer you're going to have a relationship with jesus christ that it's going to be very easy for the priest to drive out whatever remaining demons you have left in a minor or a major exorcism. So, uh, Eddie, you want to pick it up?
2: Uh, yeah, just that to aid eight.
1: To yeah, that's it. Yep. yep. To aid in
2: removing any occult connection, tattoos and ritualistic scarring can be decommissioned by a priest. Modern entertainment is becoming increasingly overt in its connection with the occult, such as Harry Potter and Twilight. The primary objection to Harry Potter, for example, is the imposition of his will through the dark arts upon another. Mm. The ends cannot justify the means, nor can we oversimplify by saying he uses good magic to to combat bad magic. Furthermore, many incantations and satanic rituals found in Harry Potter are based on actual occult rituals. As such, they also expose the soul to the demons who animate the rituals they invoke. In addition, such books appeal to children at the age when they are most spiritually open to the supernatural, often in sacramental years, and pull them away from finding their fulfillment in the true God. Just a lot of times we find that when people, when the the teens are going to be confirmed, that is when there's more more spiritual um, uh, hurdles for them to cross when this happens. The book goes on, it says, regarding these books, Father Amor stated succinctly, in Harry Potter, the devil acts in a crafty and covert manner under the guise of extraordinary powers, magic spells, and curses. Other activities with direct or indirect occult connections include satanic music, hard rock, heavy metal, black metal, pornography, or excuse me, pornographic or horror movies, Games, Charlie Charlie, Bloody Mary, Kabbalah, etc. Previous participation in non non Christian religions such as Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, Taoism, Confucianism, uh, Shintoism, Scientology, Jehovah's Witness, Christian Science, Mormonism, uh, Unitarianism, Baha'ism, etc. Some of the groups that we're talking about here. Uh, you'll recognize them, are the ones that show up our, on our doorstep weekly, Jess. Yeah. Uh, violent, violent, sexually explicit, or occultic video games. Some use the name of real demons and feature real incantations which invoke them. Sexual violence and unholy role-playing can be common features. Hmm. Okay, we're going to go on, Jess, right? Yep. yep. Uh, yeah. What about Freemasonry? Many who come to us for help uh, have... Freemasonry in their family line. Freemasonry is a secretive male fraternity that appeals to a man's need for fellowship and ritual. Popular forms of Freemasonry include Scottish Rite, York Rite, Knights of the Pythias, Odd Fellows, Shriners, and Blue Lodge. In each, members progress through various degrees through rituals. Commonplace to Freemasonry are seemingly innocuous initiation rituals. As discussed above, curses are the counterfeit of a blessing. One way to distinguish between the two is the ritual effect vis-a-vis the integrity of the corpus body. The human person is a body-soul composite. A blessing always seeks to preserve the integrity of the body as united with the soul, while curses always mitigate against that body-soul integrity. For example, the initiation rituals of Freemasonry invoke penalties for revealing its secrets with such language as, "My this is a quote. My may, may my body be dissected, dissected, and vital organs cut into pieces and thrown uh, to the beasts of the field." Unquote. Or may my eye be put out by my body cut in two and exposing my bowels. Or May I have my heart. May I have my heart eaten by venomous serpents. Notice the inversion of a blessing whereby curses work to separate the body from the soul as Clement explains. He says Masonic members knowingly and unknowingly pledge their future generations in order to gain status and power. This is consistent with Exodus 20 and Numbers 14. At the 18th degree, for example, lodge members begin pledging descendants, and the ritualistic practices are openly anti-God and anti-Catholic. In some rituals, they are instructed to stomp on a papal tiara as symbolic of their casting off of the authority of the Roman Catholic Church. In addition, their rituals and practices are a corruption of Catholic liturgy and other rituals. Between 1738 and 2004, the Catholic Church issued 36 documents that continue to forbid Catholics from becoming Freemasons. Therefore, membership in a Masonic lodge cannot be reconciled with Catholicism and can be a common entry point for the diabolic into a family line. Just yes, the only fraternity.
1: He I have said to a mouthful. He, he said a Columbus. mouthful. <laughs> yeah and uh a lot the the Masons are kind of the Protestant gentleman's uh, uh response to the Knights of Columbus. but of course, the occult, because of the oaths that they take to hurt themselves if uh if 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 they reveal anything that they hear in the lodge that's that's straight from the occult that's uh that's not Catholic, that's not Jewish uh you'll never find any prayers in the catholic liturgy where we're praying that we're going to hurt ourselves that we divulge what we saw at a catholic wedding or a catholic funeral or a catholic baptism i i'm going to kill myself and disembowel myself also something interesting about the freemasons you could look it up like uh lifesite news there's a catholic that did an undercover video he snuck into uh a freemasonic lodge meeting with high level masons and he was the former Mason, so they thought that he was still a practicing Mason. He took a camera and he wrote an incredible article. If you want to see what happens at a Freemasonic lodge, their, their liturgy, uh, it's LifeSite News. Just go on to LifeSite News and type, type in Undercover Masonic, uh, under, under, uh, undercover Masonic Lodge uh, recorded. And you'll see, it's, it, there's a video, it's fascinating. And you'll see, I, you can't watch that video for five minutes and say, wow, these people are Satanists. You, you, within five minutes, you're going to you're no, you, be able to tell with all their movements, everything around them, the way they dress, everything they say, you'll know uh, that the Freemasons are, are, are a satanic secret society just like the catholic church has been saying but i'm glad that this catholic went and he recorded it cuz you're not supposed to record your services like you're not supposed to record an exorcism but this guy snuck in a camera he was a former mason so they they thought he was still a mason and he was able to record their service the article is on lifesite news Uh-oh, i'll uh, i'll look it up right now Eddie, you want to pick it up from there
2: yeah, just let me go here. it says uh clement gives insight into white Catholic tradition has long forbidden membership in a Masonic lodge. Pope Clement the Twelfth first condemned it in 1738 and prohibited it as valid and prohibited as valid forever with penalty of excommunication. Okay, Father Rumble of Radio Replies fame uh, of a previous generation wrote clearly on the dangers of Freemasonry at the turn of the century. Rumble reminded Catholics of the long-standing enemy enmity between Freemasonry and Catholicism and stating that Catholics who join a Masonic lodge are guilty in the sight of God and of the church and even com- even commits injury to his own soul. Thus he concludes that the duty of Catholics is clear under no circumstances may they become Freemasons.
1: Okay. Stop he there. Says, Stop there. Yes. The, na- the name of the article if people want to see it, it's on LifeSite News. It's called Freemason, Freemasonry's Secret Rituals Exposed in Viral Video, published by Undercover Catholic Journalists. I'll say it again. It's on LifeSite News. It's worth watching, anybody. You want to see how evil this organization is. It's called Freemasonry's Secret Rituals Exposed in Viral Video, published by Undercover Catholic. Eddie, continue
2: it says recall the words of father of morth every form of magic is practiced with recourse to satan blessings are of god and curses are of satan satan will always militate against the dignity of the human person the wholeness of the human person including his psychological wholeness and his psychological uh, and his uh, psychological wholeness and his psychological wholeness i, I must have I messed that up in addition free uh, Free Masonic curses follow a distinctive pattern, often manifesting in later generations as health problems, especially in respiration and stomach disorders, sins against the Sixth Commandment, seen the molestation, alcohol abuse, and fertility issues among women. Thus, even in modern times, the church has consistently forbidden membership and Masonic associations. In addition to the condemnation of the current code of canon law, In 1983, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith affirmed that the church's negative judgment in regard to Masonic associations remains unchanged since their principles have always been considered irreconcilable with the doctrines of the church and therefore membership in them remains forbidden. The faithful who enroll in Masonic associations are in a state of grave sin and may not receive Holy Communion. If you are a member of the Masonic organization or, no, or a descendant of a Freemason, we recommend that you pray prayers of renunciation to break their effects. This is best done from uh, in front of a practicing Catholic as a witness, prefer be on holy ground, and three times over again and uh have masses said for the family member is also auditory. If you're a Mason, you should confess it as the first commandment, as a first commandment violations. We're done.
1: See you next time. God bless you. Keep the faith. Viva Cristo Rey.